0: Dave, how you doing? Uh, good, Andrew. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on. Hi. um oh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Where where are you calling us from today?
1: Uh I live in Virginia. I'm about three hours south of Washington, DC. So pretty far from uh the capital there.
0: All oh, right. Okay. I'm going out there soon, I think, DC. But I'll tell you about that another time. Um, what are you would tell, tell us a little bit about your background and what you're on to talk about today.
1: Yeah, well, I work for antiwar.com. I'm the news editor. I basically just cover news. um, You know, it's in the name, our perspective, antiwar.com. It was founded in 1995, so the website's been around for a while. And we're libertarian, the staff, but we're, you know, single issue. And we have plenty of leftists and people from across the political spectrum, conservatives, liberals that write for us and contribute to us and everything. Um, but we're here I'm here to talk about uh, Julian Assange and the protests for him that are going to be taking place in DC and London as well because for anybody that any journalist, any writer, any researcher in the US and around the globe, uh, this should be uh, you know one of your one of the biggest issues. It's the most important case of our lifetime. And I know you guys had Stella Assange on earlier to talk about the case, which is great. And I just want to thank you and Sean for, you know, having us on to talk about this because it's what we need is people with big audiences to care because most of the mainstream journalists in the US, they just don't seem to care. They've sold them out. They made, you know, published thousands of articles based on the WikiLeaks, the things that Mm -hmm. he released. And now when he needs them, uh, you know, they're nowhere to be found.
0: Oh, well you're very welcome it's something we've we've covered quite um quite a lot um sean in particular is is very vociferous about assange and, and i i've been since since on this show i've been learning more and more about him and his case dan cohen how are you doing today
2: hey i'm doing well thanks a lot for having me
0: oh you're very welcome so tell me tell me your background now
2: um i'm a journalist and filmmaker i make documentary films in addition to reporting i live in washington dc so i guess not too far from Dave, hmm. um, and I currently am independent. I'm in the process of actually founding a new media outlet, which will be called Uncaptured News, or Uncaptured Media, rather. Um, so, you know, the, I think the implication is kind of obvious: not being captured by propaganda or or interests, and so many people, um, I think, have been. And so, I'm, um, you know, one of the things I want to do is fight back against that and you know, just glad to be here with you guys for this, for the stream to talk about really what, you know, I totally agree with Dave. This is just the, um, maybe the most important issue of our, of our time. Um, and, and, you know, we really have to do everything we can to defend Julian Assange, not only for the sake of Julian Assange, but for the sake of not living in a totalitarian state where, uh, we just live in, well, as, as Putin called it, an empire of lies. So, that's uh that's what I'm about
0: <laughs> I think we should um I guess we'll go to Dave just to remind viewers anyone who's been living under a rock I suppose and we could do it quite briefly because I think most people are aware of this but you know what is this, what is the situation with Assange where, where did that start what did he release and you know
1: well yeah so right now he's being held in Belmarsh prison in London uh without charges he's awaiting the the former uh, British Home Secretary Pritha Patel she has approved his extradition to the United States to be tried for publishing the Afghan and Iraq war logs that were leaked to him by Chelsea Manning, which exposed U.S. war crimes, torture. Um, I mean, it was really the, probably the greatest feat of journalism uh, maybe ever uh, what what he exposed hmm. there. Um, so right now they appealed the extradition, and we're kind of just waiting to see what the next step is. Um, but the U.S. is trying to lock him away under the Espionage Act, 17 counts of espionage, which is a, a law that was passed during World War One when the U.S. entered to kind of squash, the idea was to squash dissent about the war, about the policies, and now we're seeing it come back. Because so far they've never used it to uh, prosecute a journalist, and that's what Assange is. You know, people call him a whistleblower, and he is in a sense, but technically speaking, He's a publisher. He's a journalist. All he did was publish documents, and so they're Mm -hmm. accusing him of basically um, making Manning leak the documents, kind of manipulating her. But really, if you speak with any journalist, um, Dan could definitely speak to this. And by the way, Dan, I'm a huge fan of your work. I've been for a long time, so this is pretty cool to be talking to. But um, you know what he did? It's standard journalistic practice. He said, you know, he, he asked for the leaks. You know, Manning. Uh, made it clear that she was willing to provide something and and you know he followed up on it and they published it and the other accusation is that those leaks got people killed but during manning's trials um it was found that no they, they couldn't point to a single case where like a u.s asset or, or some ci yeah, intelligence asset or something was killed be- because of these leaks um mm-hmm. so as it stands right now that's the situation they're trying to extradite him and joe biden could drop the case any day you know it's one of the most shameful things that trump did was oversee this it was his justice department that unsealed the indictments and now biden is uh is going through with trying to put him away and just Mm -hmm. the precedent that it would set i mean there's just a lot to get into but that's basically the brief background uh, on the
0: situation and so, Dan, I suppose with with any sort of rights uh, debate or balance or whatever, there's there's always another side. There's always, a, you know, and and that side might be okay. Well, this could have been potentially dangerous for a lot of people releasing these these uh, the secret information. Um, so, so why why is this such an important moment for for free speech, regardless?
2: Well, the claim has been that I mean as Dave said that um, Assange publishing uh, sensitive information um, made uh, put put US agents in danger but actually Assange contacted the state part State Department approached the State Department before he published any of his uh, I believe it was Cablegate, um, the huge troves of of state department cables that just kind of showed the inner workings of empire Um, and the state department declined to collaborate with him the whole idea was well we would redact names and that sort of thing in order to not endanger endanger anyone working in hostile areas the state department totally declined and then of course years later mike pompeo um, you know trump's cia director and then and then state department head uh, goes on to call him to call Assange a um, hostile foreign intelligence agency. So the irony of that can't be understated. But I mean, in terms of the importance of this case, it's not only for for journalists, you know, like Dave or myself or anyone who is challenging or seeking to hold um, power to account, but really anyone, any kind of Anybody, And not only in the United States, but anybody in the world who dares to speak the truth about what the U.S. empire and its junior partners are doing um, is is becomes a target. Of course, Assange is not a citizen of the United States, so it's completely absurd for him to be um, accused of treason. How can you commit treason um, against a country that you're not a citizen of? It's totally absurd. Um, And so really, every single person who, you know, believes in freedom, liberty, whatever that means to you, or your your ability to express yourself should be extremely concerned. Um, And a lot of what Assange, you know, has said, um, has has been vindicated. I mean, the WikiLeaks and Assange have a 100% perfect track record, they've never published anything false. Yet, you know, they're considered uh, by the mainstream to be some kind of pariah um, deserving of, of you know, the worst treatment. And it's really remarkable and telling to see that all of these uh, reporters and journalists in the United States and in the UK who, and Australia, who um, collaborated with, with Assange in, his, in the earlier years, back in the Cablegate days, and made careers even off of the material that he presented to them, and the New York Times, and the Washington Washington Post, and the Guardian are now totally silent. And so, you know, it's it's it just says everything about our media scape that we have so few actual journalists left um, in the United States. Because basically, if you want to have a career, you have to serve powerful interests, and then you essentially do propaganda. You know, if you work for the New York Times you're serving basically BlackRock, I mean, and and giant uh, financial conglomerates that uh, own you. And of course, you can't, you can't contradict them, even if you wanted to. Um, Mm. So it's so important that, you know, we speak out in in whatever way we can, because this is still a battle. Um, I think it's easy to fall to be pessimistic and, and say, well, you know, it's a done deal that um, Assange is is you know, going to rot in prison for the rest of his life. But um, things are unpredictable and we owe it not only to to Julian Assange and and his his wife, Stella and their and their little boys, but to our own principles to fight uh, fight for this case.
0: Wow, beautifully put, Dan. Uh, Dave, do you have uh, anything to add to that just on that topic? And and also, uh, would you let us know a little bit about the rallies that are taking place in D.C., um, London and elsewhere?
1: Uh, yeah. So uh, just to add a little bit to what Dan said, you know, one of kind of the most egregious things about this case is that Assange is an Australian citizen. Hmm. So it's not, it doesn't just matter to people in the US or people in the UK where he's been held. It, it does matter to people all across the world because it will set a precedent that the US can reach across the, the world and grab a journalist that published something they don't like and, and put him away uh, for life. Cool. Um, so I think that's why it should be more of a a global thing here uh, a global opposition to what's happening to assange and the rallies are um so you could go to handsoffassange.com it's a website that the organizers just set up and it has information about the rally that's going to be in dc where me and dan will be speaking and also the big one really in london around uh, british parliament people are going to surround it but there's also protests taking place in in other countries, there's a few in, Aust- in Australia and a few Australian cities. And uh, New Zealand, they're going to protest outside of New Zealand's parliament. I know Germany and Italy and in the U.S. too, also in San Francisco and Denver. Um, so there's a lot of actions there. And you could also follow, there's a Twitter handle, Candles for Assange. That's for the number uh, four. And that they're going to tweet out updates and, and videos of the. the the speeches and everything um so it, there's a lot of stuff happening this weekend if people want to get
0: involved the more i learn about this the more it, it freaks me out actually i mean it, it is such a shame that i guess the media the mainstream media i hate saying that god but ha- haven't covered it enough as particularly recently and so those who don't really know that much that and that was me about you know a year ago. I would have just walked around, not really knowing that much. Oh, who's that? They're rallying against something. I don't really know. And uh, Assange, wasn't he the guy who leaked secrets that probably got loads of people killed? And well, there you go. And now I'm looking at it as, okay, well, he was given that. This is what you're telling me. He's given that information. Uh, he gave, what was it the CIA, FBI? Who was he? Uh, the, the State Department the state department, the opportunity to sort of make that safer. Once he had the information, he he got it out there. It was really important stuff that he got out of there because we can't have, you know, you you need a government to be transparent. You can't have them just doing things, I suppose, to an extent you need secrets to, to, I don't know, but that's a whole other topic. And he's been in, you know, either locked up, you know, in an embassy or a prison for longer than like certain murderers and things, I think, or at least, you know, sexual molesters and things. That just seems outrageous. Has he got, I mean, is there any way he's going to be – do you you feel uh, optimistic that he'll ever be just let out and walking the streets? Uh, Dan, do you want to – what do you think?
2: Well, I don't want to say I feel optimistic, but, you know, I mean, the future is not written yet. And I think, uh, you know, again, it's easy to to kind of sit and feel defeated and sad about it, um, Mm -hmm. but there's still so much to fight for. And and it's it's not a done deal Um, and there's nothing, you know, the fact that the United States and it's, you know, the UK and all of its kind of vassals, you could say around the world were so incredibly threatened by what WikiLeaks published just speaks to how fearful they are of, you know, people power um, Hmm. of an actual people's, you know, uprising, some kind of democratic real democratic voice. I don't mean like the democratic party, but, you know, people really coming together and saying, you know, enough, this is, this is ridiculous. This is unacceptable. Um, And as conditions continue to just get worse and worse uh, in the West in particular, which, you know, obviously, I guess you're in, you're in the UK. So, I mean, there's, you know, I don't need to tell you and, and inflation is crushing us here in the United States. I mean, I think people are forced to wake up. And so, you know, the people who are um, very lucid about what's happening to Assange are, you know, it's because we're paying attention. It's because, you know, we're we've been paying attention, um, but it's but it's not because, you know, we have some like special consciousness, consciousness or or mission. It's so um, I mean, I'm just, you know, not willing to to feel um, pessimistic, but um, but I think I think it's important to be a realist and and not be you know overly optimistic either, and just say you know what, whatever the result is, it doesn't matter. I'm gonna do the same thing. I'm gonna go out there mm-hmm. and speak on Saturday and Dave is, and and no matter you know whether it's ten people or ten thousand people, the message is exactly the same.
0: Dave, yeah, going back to what I was just thinking before, is it possible that people? Maybe wouldn't like to admit it, and particularly viewers of this channel who would like the truth to be exposed. But maybe people like uh, that the government keeps secrets from them and keeps them a little bit sheltered from things, and they don't like things being exposed.
1: I think that's certainly uh, uh, true with some people to to an extent. You know, they like to just kind of have everything taken care of for them. Um, but I think you know, understanding the truth and what our governments are, are doing with our tax money. Cause that stuff, you know, it comes, it comes home. It, it comes back to bite us. I mean, it's pretty widely accepted today that nine 11 uh, probably wouldn't have happened if the U S wasn't intervening in the, in the middle East, that it was blowback. And this is something that people said, you know, shortly after the attacks they received all sorts of death threats and stuff. So people want to kind of live in this bubble, but you have to understand, you know, there's this huge war machine out there killing a lot of people and, and doing horrible things in your name. And the people Mm -hmm. that want to get revenge on that uh, might not care if you or your your family are you know hurt as as and and, i mean you, you look at the situation right now the tensions between the us and russia i mean saying of course the assange case is one of the most important things in the world right now but also avoiding nuclear war is as well and it seems like a lot of people don't understand the risk of us funding a war right on russia's border giving ukraine all this support and when we think of look at the situation now, I mean, even kind of speaking out against that, I, I get you know a lot of hate directed at me on the internet at least, saying that we should de-escalate and that the U.S. shouldn't be supporting this war on Russia's border. But you look at WikiLeaks and the dumps that they did, the State Department cables, and the, to see what U.S. officials were were telling each other right now, something that would be really important would be a WikiLeaks-style dump. Like just to see what US officials were saying to each other and British officials, especially Boris Johnson, what he was up to in these past six months and the time leading up to the war in Ukraine, because there's a lot of evidence that the US um, wants this war to prolong to hurt Russia. I mean, they've basically said that publicly. So that's why institutions like WikiLeaks are so important. And if Assange gets extradited and put away, um, we'll probably never see anything like that again. And then... Not only could they prosecute that, they could, you know, uh, prosecute somebody just for having a source that tells them something they don't like. Uh, Prosecute a New York Times journalist or something like that. It could get that bad. And uh, as we're standing, I think, in one of the most dangerous times in history. I mean, this isn't just me saying that, this anti-war guy, but it's, you know, very esteemed diplomats and government officials are saying right now, the risk of nuclear war is higher than it was during the Cold War. It doesn't seem like that's people really understand that. Like if you just look at kind of the mainstream attitude about it, 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 it just doesn't seem like that's mm. synced into. To too too many
0: people. existential threats, I suppose, at once. It's too yeah. scary. But I mean, I suppose just our dev, devil's advocate there that I guess I guess people on the other side would say we're not supporting uh Ukraine's war, we're, we're intervening in Russia's war and that if, if stuff were to get out, secrets that the US government has, it would um, only help Putin enforce his war. So it just depends what side uh, you're on, which is every, you know, that's what life's about, those those debates and people see things from different perspectives. Um, Assange's treatment is apparently um, torture, according to Nils Meltzer, a UN special rapporteur on torture. Um, Dan, what do you know about that?
2: Well, I mean, Assange spent, I think, was it seven years inside the Ecuador- Ecuadorian embassy um, before he was dragged out by, by police and is now in Belmarsh prison, which the conditions are horrible. Um, hmm. He's suffered severe physical and psychological health problems as this, um, you know, his, his imprisonment has dragged on, the extradition hearings have dragged on. And you know he's he's at risk of of death, as you said. Niels Melzer, the UN rapporteur on torture, has has said that. His wife, Stella Assange, has said that. His um, there's there's no doubt about it. And you have to wonder: mm. is that the point? Is that you know kind punishment. of the goal? The goal here is just such extreme, severe punishment that it breaks him and yeah. and kills him. And you have to think that someone like Assange is, um, has an incredibly strong mind certainly far more than, you know, myself or the average person, but we're all, but he's human. And at some point, um, there, you know, that can happen. And, and, um, you know, just the the extreme, cruel, unusual punishment, which is, you know, what torture Mm -hmm. is for, um, just revealing, um, state secrets that are in the public interest really says everything about you know the U.S. and U.K. government and and everyone who's participated in this that they believe in the opposite of democracy and you know I hate to I don't throw the term fascism around lightly but I mean when you're talking about um, someone who is basically just doing an act of of journalism and is um, facing yeah. such you know yeah horrible horrible treatment uh, you have to you have to you know, you ha- I, th- I think that word is appropriate. And I'm not talking about the kind of World War Two um, style of, you know, uh, um, high stepping fascism and Sig and that kind of thing. But a neoliberal form of fascism where, um, you know, on one hand, Joe Biden will say he's so committed to diversity. And we have, you know, this, um, you know, mm. the first this and the first that but at the same time is crushing the very kind of foundations of of democracy. And so um, you know, I think that's kind of the, the issue. Yeah.
0: I th- I think, I think you're right. And I think, I think you're, you know, you're also right. I, I, I was wary of, I Said something about Nazis in the previous interview, and uh, realized I I sound like a cliche or whatever. But but I think you're you're right. I I, everyone always argues about the definition of of fascism, but that sort of repression of free speech is always really really scary. Um, Dave, have you got anything to to add just about the conditions that Assange is facing right now?
1: Yeah, well, Nils Melzer, uh, the UN Special Rapporteur on torture, he's a very interesting case, and he actually just wrote a put out a book called the trial of Julian Assange, um, that people should check out, but you don't just have to read the book. I mean, he's written on this extensively because he went to investigate this case and he says, you know, he kind of bought into all the propaganda until he started looking into it. And now he believes that Assange has been tortured, you know, psychological torture. And part of that has been this whole vilification of him. You know, one thing I remember a lot of these mainstream journalists, um, when he was held up in the Ecuadorian embassy, they, they were just make make fun of him as, you know, paranoid, uh, you know, that he didn't need to seek asylum there. And then you see him get dragged out there in, in April 2019, I believe it was, was when he was arrested and, and hauled out of the embassy. And you see that scene and, and just the, the fact that they were mocking him and um, there was, he was under surveillance, uh, this Spanish private security firm, UC Global, um, I believe Dan might know more about this than me that it's pretty certain that he, it was uh, US, the CIA or US intelligence that contracted them to spy on Assange. And, you know, the stuff was getting out to the media of him like riding a skateboard around in the embassy and, and hanging out with his cat a lot. And they're saying, oh, look, he's going crazy. He's nuts. So, I mean, that has must have taken a serious toll on, I can't imagine uh, all that attention and, and mocking and your whole character just being completely destroyed by the this huge uh, mass media machine. Uh, so mm. I, I would, people if they don't know much about it, n- just Google Nils Melzer, Julian Assange. Mm. Um, yeah, he, really was, he was on the show
0: actually, things. Nils, oh, nice. on, um, promoting his book I think last Christmas. Uh, just remembering now but uh, yeah no fascinating man and all that um, we're running quite low on time I, both of you um, I guess we'll start with Dan uh, let us know where you'd like to send people to go you know check out your stuff and all that
2: well I wish I could promote my my website it's not quite up yet though but in the coming weeks I'll have Uncaptured Media founded but for now you can uh, check out just check me out on Twitter at Dan Cohen 3000 um, I started a Substack. I just, I have an investigation on us intervention in Haiti, where there's a major uprising taking place. And, um, I also have a, uh, a three part documentary coming out in the next couple of weeks on the background to that uprising and what's going on right now. And so, um, it's called another vision inside Haiti's uprising. So, um, yeah, just, uh, I'll, I'll link to it on Twitter and just, uh, check me out there. Fantastic.
0: Please do go support our guest, Dan. And Dave, tell us a bit about anti war again and where else yeah, you so, like to send people. Sorry.
1: Yeah. um So, all my work, my writing and stuff is at antiwar.com. And we're actually doing a fundraiser now because we're totally reliant on our readers. So, we have to do a fundraiser a few times each year. And if you go on the site right now, we actually got a pretty cool endorsement. Uh, Noam Chomsky wrote a letter uh yeah. telling people to give to us, uh, which is very cool. He says he. He relies on us as a source of news every day he, wow. he, he mentioned some specific things that i covered so it's just pretty cool to know um and again that's an example of how we're all sorts all over the political spectrum uh people yeah. read us um and i also just recently started a podcast for antiwar.com. it's called anti-war news with dave DeCamp. um i have a youtube channel people could go subscribe there or you could download it wherever you listen to podcasts oh, cool. um but again uh and Twitter, I'm on Twitter at the If you want to follow me there,
0: cool. Any any last words? I'm not going to kill either of you, but just um, you know, last words on the interview.
2: Uh, oh, sorry, Dave. I mean, just no. Thanks. Uh, thanks for for getting the word out. Um, and yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of anti-war. So you know, keep up keep up the good work over there, Dave. Um, and you know, yeah, if you're if you're anywhere near any of these rallies on this coming Saturday here in DC I'll be there Dave will be speaking of course in London uh they'll be joining hands around the parliament um and just just um out where where protests are going on and if you can't make it to that at least uh make your voice heard online because this is yeah I mean one of the key issues of our time and it's it affects all of us so thanks again for for hosting this
0: no oh, you're very very welcome uh Dave any yeah. lot but you can gonna- Go on.
2: Yeah. Just to mention, uh, if you look at, you could check out the
1: speaker list too for the DC event because it's huge. I mean, there's a lot of big names. Chris Hedges, uh, Jill Stein are a few of the people I could think of. I mean, it's about like 20 people, I think. So it's going to be a lot of short, intense speeches. And uh, if you can't make it there, they're going to make it on YouTube and stuff. So keep an eye out for that. And uh, yeah, support Assange and and tell your friends about Assange and, and just get the word out
0: fantastic dan and dave thank you so much for coming on it's been a pleasure i think the viewers absolutely loved you both so they'll check out your stuff please do everyone check and support our guests and have a lovely day
2: thanks Thanks a a lot. lot